Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of God of all ages, welcome to the City Place Church Podcast. Wherever you are in the world, we thank you for making the time to tune in. Take a moment to get focused, clear your mind, close your eyes, open your heart, and receive what God has for you on this day. Hey, City Place, I hope that you are ready to go today. Listen, I am excited about what God is already doing in these first seven days of 21 days of prayer. Last Sunday, we kicked off our 21 days of prayer by talking about effective and fervent prayer. And we're not veering too far off from that today. But I want to make sure that you've downloaded uh, the prayer journal that we have on our website. If you go to our website and and just click the prayer tab, uh, you'll be able to see the resource. Uh, It's just called Pray First. And inside of it, uh, there's just some ways to pray. Um, Our goal is to encounter God and experience answered prayer. And so um, that's our focus over these 21 days. And so we want to give you every possible resource to make your time with God rich and enjoyable. And so I want to make sure that you have that. Uh, And then, as I mentioned, I want to make sure you have your message notes. So go ahead and get that out and then grab your Bible. Hold your Bible close to you. Set aside the noise and let's get ready to lean into God's word. Go to James chapter five. James chapter five to everyone watching. So glad to have you. Don't forget, be a part of uh, our small groups coming up in the fall. It's going to be a good time. James chapter five, verse 16 is our foundational verse. We've been uh, literally going through, running through the Bible. It's been our focus. We've been in a series that's never ending because the word of God is alive. And so uh, our focus right now in God's word is prayer. And so uh, I'm going to give you a, a definition that I, I, I kind of put together with a prayer um, for us to be thinking about this context of what we're going to be talking about today. But James chapter five, James chapter five, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open those up. James chapter five, verse 16 says this. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Somebody say pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing songs. Somebody say sing it. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over them, anointing them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer, somebody say prayer, and the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Confess your trespasses one to another. Pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much much. This morning, we are continuing our focus around effective and fervent prayer. And uh, I don't really have a fancy title. I don't. But today, we're just going to focus on the power of prayer through his word. So by the time we're done, I'll give you a focus title or something like that. But we're just going to talk about the power of focused prayer through God's word. And so In James chapter five, we talked about it last week. Again, if this is your first time here, I want to make sure you download today's message notes at cityplacechurch.com and welcome to you and your family this morning. James chapter five, the writer says, listen, if there's anyone among you who is going through something, pray. If there's anyone going through a situation, pray. If if there's something to cheer about, celebrate it with 
with songs. If there's someone sick, pray. If you've got something in your life, confess it and then pray. And he says the prayer of faith will save the sick. If you're sick, pray. And the Lord will raise them up. And if there's anybody whose sins need to be forgiven, they will be forgiven. Like prayer creates that atmosphere for God to change lives and forgiveness and repentance. Pray. But then it goes on to say the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous person avails much. It, it makes things available. It holds on longer. It reaches further. It sees more things happen when you're effective and fervent. Last week we said this, that prayer should be our first response and not our last resort. James says, listen, um, no matter what situation you're in, pray. <laughs> like, if you're low, pray. If you're going through a situation, pray. If you don't know Jesus, pray. If you got an issue, talk about it with someone and then pray. And then he says, and when it's all good, sing about it. But make sure that it's your first response, not your last resort. We said that there was some effective and fervent ways. There were some ingredients that produce effective and cause and prevent, pro provides an opportunity for effective and fervent prayer. We said this, we said that um, where there's pressure, prompting or pain, there's an opportunity for effective prayer. Where there is passion, where there is persistence, according to the word, there is an opportunity for effective and fervent prayer. We said that some of the ingredients of effective prayer include being in partnership with others, according to the word. Like James said, hey, confess it one to another that you may be healed, but pray. And then the last thing we said that's an ingredient of effective and focused prayer is that you and I have to have focused faith on the person of Jesus Christ himself. We cannot go into prayer doing a religious routine. We have to find Jesus. That's been the whole focus over this whole summer is that we're trying to find Jesus. If we get to Jesus, then he handles the rest. And so our 21 days of prayer focus, and this is where we landed last week, we said that our 21 days of prayer focus is that we want to encounter the Father. We want to have an encounter with God. But we're going to have an expectation of answered prayer. James promised that the effective, fervent prayer, which means to put forth power when you pray, avails much. I was thinking about prayer and I was just, I put down a practical definition of prayer. Okay, I put down a practical definition. I just, I just was thinking about prayer and I just wrote it down. And this, this is how we're going to focus on it over the next few weeks. Watch this, prayer. It's focused, write this down, focused communication with God that produces intimacy, power, life change, and results for the glory of God. Now, prayer, prayer is going to produce some, some amazing things. It's going to produce power. And this is just a definition that I put together. So if you look it up, you're like, where is that at? No, just thinking about, 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 about the, the, the rhythm and the focus and the themes found in Scripture about prayer, I, Prayer is focused communication. I'm talking to God himself. I'm not trying to just produce a result. No, I'm focused on God himself. So it's focused communication with God that produces intimacy, power, life change, and 
results for the glory of God. I want to prove it to you. Acts chapter 16. Go in your Bibles to Acts chapter 16. And we're going to start at verse 16. I'm going to read you a story and then we're going to talk about it. We've been using our um, for our studies um, just a, a little acronym to help us study God's word, to help us take notes. And so I, we, we're doing it every single week so that we can see how we study God's word. And we use a method called SOAP, which is scripture is what the S stands for. Observation is what the O stands for. Application and prayer. And so on your message notes, you'll find the scripture, Acts chapter 16. And now what we're getting ready to do as we read, we're going to observe what the father wants to show us as it relates to effective and fervent prayer. But we're going to focus on God's word as we pray. And so let's find out what it says. Acts chapter 16, verse 16 says this. <coughs> now what happened as we went to prayer? That a certain slave girl possessed with the spirit of divination met us, which means she could tell the fortunes and she could palm read and she was a sorcerer and one of witchcraft, okay? Met us there who brought her masters much profit by fortune telling. The girl followed Paul and us and cried out saying, these men are the servants of the most high God who proclaim to us the way of salvation. And this she did for many days. But Paul greatly annoyed turned and said to the spirit, I command you in the name of the Lord Jesus to come out of her. And he came out that very hour. But when her masters saw their hope of profit was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to the authorities. Let me pause really fast. This scripture gives us a clear focus, and this is not in my message, but I want us to just kind of see like there is a spirit that the enemy uses that that we see in here, the spirit of divination that 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 has 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 been bent to be able to tell fortunes and lead people in one direction. And the Bible says that the fortune teller goes, this is Paul. This is Silas. They work for the most high God. Spot on. Wrong spirit. And Paul goes, um, I am tired of this spirit following us around and I'm tired of the spirit living in her. And he says, in the name of the Lord Jesus, come out. Here's my soapbox moment. As we are praying, I love scripture because it says they were going to pray and they have this interaction with this, this girl who's got the spirit on her who could be able to tell the future and stuff like that. I love the fact that Paul goes, you know what? This spirit cannot compete with the power of God. Like this spirit cannot be identified as effective when compared to the power of the Holy Spirit. Can, can, can I just give you and I a, a, just, just a pastoring moment here? You and I can't play with, 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 with the spirit of darkness. Like we can't have our palms red. And, and, and I know this might step on some toes like we got to be careful that that there's not an open door in our life to things like horoscopes and things like that. When we're also praying on this side and going, God, what do you want to say? But yet we, we are identifying some other things that might we might feel like, well, OK, my horoscope said this or my, someone told me this. Wait a second. Paul goes, uh uh, 
No, absolutely not. We cannot have confusion in, in the places surrounding prayer. So he goes, let me deal with this. Let me deal with this. Come out in the name of Jesus. And the Bible says that that spirit left right away. Now, Damon, why are you talking about that? Because if we're not careful, we can be in prayer and then we can be distracted. And Paul goes, uh-uh. If we're going to the place of prayer and there are things that could distract people from prayer and experiencing the power of God, we're going to deal with it. And so as we're praying, what we've been asking God for is effective and fervent prayer. We want that focused communication with God that produces, watch now, power, real life change, personal communication and results. That's my soapbox moment. So, Damien, what you doing? I'm not, we're not, I'm not mad at you. I'm not trying to be religious. I'm just letting you know that let's just focus on Jesus. Let him speak. Let him talk. Let him guide. Everything else is a counterfeit. Paul says counterfeit. And you cannot block the power of the spirit when there's prayer taking place. Let's just keep going. All right, let's go back to the story. Sorry, that was my soapbox pastor moment. I'm just letting you know, don't be distracted by a counterfeit when you have access to the power of prayer yourself. Let's keep going. Because the people rose up, they, they were mad. So here, let's keep going. Verse 20, and they brought Paul and Silas to the magistrates and said, these men being Jews exceedingly trouble our city and they teach customs which are not lawful to us being Romans to receive or observe. Then the multitude rose up together against them and the magistrates tore their clothes and commanded them to be beaten with rods. And when they had laid many stripes on them, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. Having received such a charge, he put them in the inner prison, fastened their feet in the stocks. Look at verse 25. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying. Somebody say praying and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. They were praying fervently, y'all. And they were loud about their focused prayer. The prisoners heard them. Then suddenly there was a great earthquake. So the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors opened and everyone's chains were loosed. And the keeper of the prison awakened from from sleep, seeing the prison doors open, supposing the prisoners has fled, drew his sword and was about to kill himself. But Paul and Silas with a loud voice says, don't harm yourself. For we're all here. Then he called for a light, ran in, fell down, trembling before Paul and Silas. And watch what he says now. Sirs, what must I do to be saved? James chapter five or 16 says, if anybody's sick. Pray. If anybody's suffering, pray. If anybody's got sin or something that they need to confess, get with someone, pray. If anyone is hurt, pray. If something's good going on, sing about it. He says, I just want you to know that the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise them up. And if there's somebody around you whose sins need to be forgiven, a product of that prayer 
is their salvation. When we get to Acts chapter 16, we see that Paul and Silas have been preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ and they're preaching the gospel in such a bold way that they, as they are going and they're going to the place of prayer, I already told you they're going to the place of prayer and they run into the lady who's fortune telling on their way. They say, you're a counterfeit, but let me show you the real thing. And so they said, meet Jesus right here. Spirit of the counterfeit, you gotta go. Jesus is who you need to meet. And so they continue on. And the Bible says that the girl goes back and says, my life has been changed. I'm sorry. I don't want to work for you no more. The people get mad. Grab Saul and uh, Paul and Silas. And the Bible says they bring him in front of the people and begin to beat him down. Beat him down, throw him in prison, but not just any old jail cell. They throw him in the inner prison, which when you do research, it's like beyond <laughs> not easy to get to. It says that they don't just throw them in the prisons that they shackle them. They've got guards all around because these were powerful men, not in their own strength, but there was something about the power of Jesus. There's something about the power of Jesus that when you and I click into the power of Jesus and we allow the power of Jesus to flow through us, enemies get fearful. Paul and Silas, the Bible say they're locked up. They can't get out. And they do something in Acts chapter 16 and verse 25. The Bible says that they began to pray. They began to pray. They, they literally were going to the place of prayer. But before they can get to the place of prayer, the enemy comes and throws them a curveball. Have you ever been in a situation where you are going to do something for God and it feels like the enemy throws something at you to get you off course? Paul and Silas. Have you ever been going to do something for God, going into your quiet time and all of a sudden it's like all of the warning signs and the pain points and the stress points go off at the same time? Paul and Silas, have you ever been in a place where you said, Jesus, I'm going to serve you, but the enemy tries to pull you to a place to where it just seems like you're just in a place of pain? If there's anyone among you, James said, who's going through something let prayer be your first response. If there's anyone around you dealing with a sickness, pray first. If there's anyone around you in a situation that's beyond your reach, pray about it first. And so Paul and Silas put in prison. And in Acts chapter 16, verse 25, they decide to pray. Going to the place of prayer, the enemy throws an obstacle. They get thrown into prison and their first response, not their last resort, is to pray. I said this earlier, that prayer has to be our first response, not our last resort. We can't allow the enemy to get a couple of shots in and us wobble down to the ground and us stay down for a while before we go. Let's pray. Paul said, we are going to pray. Silas said, we are going to pray. And then the Bible says, and then they sang hymns unto God so loud that the prisoners heard them. Wait a second now. You've been beat. You've been lied on. You're in a prison inside of a prison. And your fervency is so intense that someone else could hear. You mean to tell me, Paul, that you are not worried about what they're thinking? Can I tell you that when you and I are having an effective 
and fervent prayer. There is going to be pain that we will pull in. This is this is an opportunity for me to pray fervently. There is passion. I am going to leverage this to pray passionately. There's persistence like we talked about. I am going to find Jesus in this and I'm going to grab somebody to do this with me according to the word of God. And we will find Jesus in this moment. You and I, Paul, have the ingredients for effective and fervent prayer. Let's pray. And to top it off, let's sing. If anybody has anything to celebrate, James chapter 5, 16 says, let them sing songs. Paul, Silas, what do you have to sing about? See, when prayer is our first response, not our last resort, we realize that prayer will flow out of us no matter where we are. And so it got me thinking, it got me thinking some things. Now write this down. This is our observation. I, I wrote this down. Prayer isn't about God moving toward us. Prayer is about us moving toward God. Remember, I told you that it's focused communication with God that produces intimacy, power, life change and results for the glory of God. Prayer isn't about us uh, seeing God move towards us. It's about us moving toward God. It's about God. Wherever you are, according to your word, your word says, I will seek you and find you if I chase after you with my whole heart, fervently giving you my all fervently going after you, passionately chasing after you. Your word promises that if I go with persistence, if I go with passion, if I bring things with me that might try to hold me down, if I try to find Jesus, that I will find you. Your word says that if I draw near to you, you're draw near to me. Draw near to God, the Bible says, and he will draw near to you. Listen, prayer is not about God moving towards us. Prayer is about you and I moving toward God. Paul and Silas said, you know what? We might be here by ourselves, but he's got to be here somewhere. And we have got to focus our communication on finding him. We have got to focus on getting his presence into this place. And now is not the time for the enemy to think that he silenced us. And so the Bible says that they start praying. I have no clue what they started praying, but I feel like that I can. I, I don't know. I'm just imagining it's not in scripture, but I'll show you where it is. I feel like Paul and Silas are started off with like. Jesus. You died for us. You brought us freedom. Jesus, we give you the glory for the mission that's already started. I can see Paul in the Bible doesn't say this. So just have fun with the story. I can see Paul saying you met me. On a road when I was killing other believers, you met me then, you forgave me then, you gave me purpose then, you called me then, you changed my name then, you forgave me at my lowest point, you gave me purpose, you gave me destiny, this is not my end. You didn't put me in this place by myself, you gave me a teammate, you gave me a brother to do this moment with and we will not stay silent. God, your word says out of us, there is praise that you've ordained. I can see them praying. Because they were like, God, in this situation, we don't have anywhere to go. So we are going to move towards you. Our 21 days of prayer 
It's not about God come to us. No, encounter. And as a result, we're going to see answered prayer. Are you with me, City Place Church? Are you taking notes? So here's just a couple of things I realize in, in Acts chapter 16 that I also see in James chapter 5. Acts chapter 16, I realize, and I just already told you, prayer isn't about God moving towards us. It's about us moving towards him. I realize that our outcry and our rally cry should be pray first. Uh, our, our rally cry should be pray first. I, I have some friends who, no matter where we are, they always find a way for us to pray. Like, man, can you pray for me for this? Hey, hey, let's just stop right now and let's just pray. Like before, before my family and I travel, before we pull out of the driveway, we pause. I'm sure some, many of you do this. You pause and you go, I just thank you for your angels. We pray first. Before you go into that board meeting, before you go into that doctor's office, pause and let your rally cry be. I'm going to pray first. See, prayer should be our first response, not our last resort. Prayer is all about us having focused communication on God. Where are you? I'm coming for you. Oh, intimacy is what I am trying to get to know who you are. Last week, we said that when Jesus gave the roadmap to prayer, he said, start it off relationally. My father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debt to us. Lead me not into temptation. Deliver me from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. I am trying to find you. So you know what? I'm going to pray first. Our rally cry has to be pray first. First Thessalonians 5 verse 16 says, Rejoice always. Pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Do you know who wrote the letter in 1 Thessalonians? Paul. Paul literally says, no matter what you do, pray always in everything. Don't feel like this is not a situation where I should pray. I won't pray here. I only pray for the big stuff. Paul's like, the small, the medium, and the large pray. First Thessalonians 5, 17, Paul echoes it again. He says, never stop praying. Luke chapter 18, verse 1 in the New Living, Jesus said this one. One day Jesus told his disciples a story to show that they should always pray and never give up. Prayer should be our first response not our last resort. Our rally cry should be pray first. That's the reason why we pray 21 days at City Place Church. But here's the other thing. I talked about those city groups earlier. Our city groups, we have created a prayer group because we want to develop a culture of intercessory prayer, which is like I stand in the middle and I'm focusing and I'm praying fervently for whatever the focus may be. So we've got a prayer group that you'll be able to jump in and learn how to pray. And we use that prayer journal that I talk about. We, we use this as a guidepost of God. We're going to make prayer enjoyable so that prayer doesn't have to feel like it's, oh, I don't know what to say. No, there's a guidepost all throughout God's word that allows prayer to be effective and fervent and produce results. 
It's a focus of having an encounter with God. So here's, we observe that prayer is about us moving towards God. We observe that our rally cry should be prayer first. So here's just a couple of applications that I want you to write down as we get ready to wind up. First thing I wrote down is this. Our lifestyle should be one of prayer. Our lifestyle should be one of prayer. You can choose not to pray. You can choose not to pray. But there's going to be an element of your life that will create a void if you don't have that focused communication with God. Prayer, pr- prayer is not just the, the formal. Prayer is also me riding in my car and just dialoguing with God. Oh, Father, what's on your heart today? <clears throat> because it's focused communication. It's intentional. Daddy, what's the burden of your heart? Daddy, there's this issue of my heart that I just I'm dealing with that I got to give to you. It's not just formal. It's my dad in heaven. It's it's the direct communication. It's also the worship aspect. Ah, you're worthy of it all. From you come all things. It's also the repentant heart. Father, I'm so sorry. Change me. It's the protective side. It's giving him glory. It's the request side of things as well, but it's just simple communication with God. Our lifestyle has to be one of prayer. Jesus said this in John chapter 15. He says, remain in me and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. For without me, he goes on to say, you can do nothing. If you remain in me, you'll bear fruit. Jesus literally says, I want to be all a part of your life, but I need you to stay tied to me. Stay tied to me. Let me be a part of your life. Let me be the driving force of your life. Let me be the vine and you be the extension, not you be the branch or you be the vine and I'm hanging off of you. No, tie into me and make me a part of your life. So what does that look like? How do I create a lifestyle of prayer? Let me write this down. You choose the priority of prayer. Prayer is going to be a priority. I'm going to pray first. I may not know what to say, but I'm going to pray first. The Bible says in Daniel chapter 6, verse 10, that even when Daniel got a negative decree, he didn't change because the culture around him was changing. The Bible says that Daniel still went to his room, opened up his door, watch now, and prayed three times a day, just as he had always done. If you read Daniel chapter six, read Daniel chapter six, you'll see that Daniel was feeling the pressure of the culture of the day who was like, this is the God that you will worship. And Daniel said, no, 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 I won't. No, 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 no. I want to do the exact same thing that I've always done with my heavenly father. And I'm going to pray first. And I'm not changing my plan because you want me to worship the counterfeit. We talked about the counterfeit earlier. No, I'm going to pray first, and I'm going to make it a priority. See, if you and I make it a priority, it'll become permanent. We have this, you probably heard this, practice makes perfect. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. I, uh, I have been walking for, for a long time, and I still trip. You ever do that where you're just walking, and you're like, I've been walking for years, and I still haven't 
know what practice does? Practice makes permanent. And if you and I have the practice of prayer and we worship God and we spend time with God, that's going to become permanent. So we need to have the priority of prayer. Write these down. We need to have a place of prayer. This is my time with the Lord. Mark chapter one, it says very early in the morning while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left his house and went to a solitary place of prayer where he prayed. Find your spot with the Lord. I love to walk every morning. I love to get out, just walk and have my focused communication with God, my time with the Lord. Find yours, you're riding to work. But no matter what it is, make that your place. Don't make it rushed. Just make it your place so that it can become a lifestyle of prayer. Write this down. If it's going to be a lifestyle of prayer, then in prayer, we discover the amazing grace of Jesus. It's in prayer because I'm focusing. Remember the ingredient. We have to go back to Jesus. The ingredient is I'm trying to find Jesus. And if I find Jesus, I know that there's going to be a result that's on his heart. So in prayer, we discover the amazing grace of Jesus. Second Corinthians chapter 13, verse 14 in the message says, it's the amazing grace of the master, Jesus Christ, the extravagant love of God and the intimate fellowship of the Holy Spirit. May it be with you. Paul, this is Paul again. He says, hey, listen, you spend time with him and you're going to discover his grace, his extravagant love and his intimate friendship, focused communication with Jesus. And then last one. The Bible says that Paul and Silas, they're in chains. They're praying really, really loud so that everybody could hear them. I don't think that they're focusing on who can hear them. I think that they're focused on being effective and being fervent in their prayer. It says that they prayed and they sang praises to God and the prisoners heard them. I did a research of that because the prayer part, yes, they're dialoguing with God, they're talking to God. This says, but then they were also singing. And I looked up, I looked up what they were singing. And this brings me to my final point. Write this down. You and I have to pray the word of God back to God in prayer. So let me say it again. We pray the word back to God in prayer. The Bible says that they prayed and sang, pray, uh, and sang hymns, and the prisoners heard him. I looked up and this is what it said that they were doing while they were singing. It says that they were singing Paschal hymns. These were Psalms 113 through Psalms 118 and Psalms 136, which they called the great halal. Literally what they were doing, they were praying the word of God. In that situation, they're singing, but they're declaring the word of God like the word of God was coming out of them as they were praying and as they were singing. Remember, we were talking about how the word of God is active and alive. It's sharp. It's powerful is what scripture says. It pierces joint spirit and, and marrow. It's a discern of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Like they started praying the word of God. And the Bible says as they're praying the word of God, they're fervent, they're passionate, they're persistent. And it says they're praying so intently that the prisoners are hearing them. And as they are praying the word of God, the Bible says, boom, earthquake comes. 
chains fall, not just for them, but for the other prisoners, those who were bound, who needed to experience freedom, freedom. They weren't the only ones. It says that the jailer wakes up, he's fearful, life change, he wants to meet Jesus. I looked up, I looked up what they were singing. Psalms 113, at the start it says, praise the Lord. Praise, O servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord from this time forth, right where we are and forevermore, from the rising of the sun to the going down of the same, the Lord's name is to be praised. They don't have a Bible. This is all coming out of them. They had made a lifestyle of prayer, a lifestyle of seeking God, so much so that in the middle of an obstacle where the enemy was like, you're not going to get a chance to pray today. They're like, no, we were heading to the place of prayer. We chose to pray. It's been our lifestyle. Prayer comes out of them and the word of God comes out of them. And they start declaring from the rising of the sun to the going down of the same. The Lord's name is to be praised right here, right now, while we're praying, we're also going to sing and we're going to declare the word of the Lord back to him. Psalms 114, verse seven and eight. Tremble, O earth, at the presence of the Lord, at the presence of the God of Jacob, who turned the rock into a pool of water, the flint and the mountains of water. Psalms 115, one of the verses says, not unto us, O God, but unto your great name. We give you glory. They literally were like, let's change the focus. Let's pray. Let's focus our communication on God the Father. Let's get some intimacy up in here with him. And I know that it's going to produce results for the glory of God. They started declaring the word of the Lord. Write this down as we wrap up. Praying the word of God releases your faith, which activates the word of God. I'm thinking about Paul and Silas, and I'm like, man, you guys are in a prison and you choose to pray and sing. How is it that it would produce such power? And I realize that their rally cry was, we're going to pray first. They had learned that we don't need God to come to us. We need to go to him. They realized that we're going to pray first. We've already made prayer a priority. We've already been spending time with him. Let's find Jesus right here because we already know his extravagant love. We already know his thoughts to us. We already know the intimate friendship and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Let's declare his word. Because in Isaiah, it promises us that the word of God cannot return unaccomplished. If there's anyone, James chapter 5 says, that's going through something, pray. If there's anyone who's sick, pray. If there's anyone that's got something to confess, confess it with your friend and then pray. And the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise them up. And there's anyone that hasn't been forgiven of sins, that's the time through your prayer. The Bible says that the prisoners experience freedom. And it says that the jailer runs out thinking, what just happened? What just happened? Oh, no. Paul says, hey, we're still here, man. And the jailer does something crazy. He goes, what must I do 
be saved. When you read the rest of the story, the Bible says that Paul shares the gospel. The man brings him to his house. His house receives Jesus and they are immediately baptized together. And it says this, it says that the jailer healed Paul's wounds. Effective and fervent prayer. Remember, I, I told you that prayer, you remember, watch this. Prayer is us focusing our communication with God, producing intimacy, power, life change, and results for the glory of God. What must I do to be saved? Effective and fervent prayer. This 21 days, we're asking God for an encounter and answered prayer. Right where you are, I just wanna pray for you. I wanna pray that as you go throughout this week that you continue to go after God. Remember, no counterfeits, no distractions. Jesus, I need to find you. I wanna ask you this week to intensify your prayer, intensify your passion. I know you're already going hard after Jesus, but I wanna I want ask you to give, go even a little bit higher. And then I wanna ask you to pray God's word. We've given you so many scriptures that you can read on your message notes. Take one of those scriptures and do a soap note. There's a resource that, that we've put on our, um, that, that we sent out via email and that lets you know how we're praying during the day. And there's a scripture on there. We want you to read that scripture, declare that scripture. This whole focus in our study is about faith. We want you to lean in. Effective and fervent prayer. Right where you are, will you bow your heads? We're wrapping up. Right where you are, I just want to pray for you. I want to pray that you continue to hear God clearly, yes. But I also want to pray for those of you that don't know Jesus yet. I want to pray that you give Jesus an opportunity to prove his reality and that you give Jesus an opportunity to be the Lord of your life. And what we're going to do, we're just going to pray a simple prayer. The Bible says that Jesus died on the cross for you and that he rose again so that you may have life and that you may have it eternally. In fact, he says that the life that he gives you is an abundant life. Now, here's the thing. By you accepting Jesus, it doesn't stop there. There's growth that Jesus wants to do in your life. And here at our church, we would love to, to disciple you, which means to help you become a fully devoted follower of Jesus. We're all taking the same journey. And so I would be honored to give you that opportunity today to say yes to Jesus. And so what we're going to do is we're just going to say a simple prayer, and I just want you to say it after me. There's nothing special about my prayer. All it does is it just focuses you and I on a repentant heart, on the willingness to accept Jesus and the faith needed to receive him. So with full faith, I want you to just say this prayer after me right where you are. Say, Dear Jesus, I acknowledge that you died for me and that you rose again. And on this day, I accept you freely as my Lord and Savior. I ask you to forgive me of all of my sins. I turn from those things and I place my attention on you. 
I thank you for teaching me everything that I need to become a devoted follower of you. I give you my life. I'm yours. And you're mine. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, City Place. Will you say some praise this morning? Will you give Jesus some praise and honor and glory for the decision that so many made today? Listen, do me a favor. If you said yes to Jesus, I want you to send me a message. You can send a message uh, via a connection card online, cityplacechurch.com backslash card. We would love to send you a couple of different resources. Your journey begins today. And uh, we would love to uh, begin to just encourage you. Uh, my wife and I and our team would love to send you just a couple of different notes just to say well done um, for the decision that you made today. And so City Place, can we celebrate the decision that so many have made today? Well done, well done, well done. If you made that decision, complete that card. I also wanna invite you, uh, we have our next scheduled baptism planned for the month of September. You'll be hearing more about that. Um, that's the next step in your walk with God, as well as getting plugged into a small group. Well done, well done. Right now, we're getting ready to worship the Lord with our giving. Right where you are, you can give. There's so many different ways you can give. Um, those of you who are watching online, obviously you can give right where you are. Your giving uh, does several things. One, it is an act of worship. And two, it allows for us as a church to make an impact in our local community, in our world, through various avenues. And it also allows for the atmosphere and the function of the church to continue to move forward. And so well done on all of us partnering together and trusting God with our kingdom finances. It is making an impact. You've probably seen over the last few weeks the Second Harvest Food Bank, and uh, we saw the book bags. And so we've got other things being planned for Christmas and Thanksgiving that's already being worked on. And you're helping plant churches. You're helping uh, students in college. Well done. Well done. Well done. And so here we're not going to twist your arm, but we do ask that you ask the Holy Spirit what he would have you give, whether it's your tithe or whether it's over and above your tithe. So let's pray. Father, we love you today. We thank you for those that said yes to you. Thank you for the effective, fervent prayer that you allow to flow from us. I pray that as we continue in this week of 21 days of prayer, Father, that we encounter you and that we experience answered prayer. Bless our week. Bless our Wednesday morning prayer at 630 via Zoom. I thank you that as we all come together, let us encounter you in a fresh way. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great week, City Place. Thanks for joining us. If you've been encouraged by this message, be sure to subscribe to the City Place Church podcast. And we want to hear from you. Post a picture on any of your social media outlets with the hashtag City Place Church to be a part of the conversation. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.